You're listening to Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Burita. I'm a 15-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law, employers and HR professionals would often ask me, where can they find out a little more information on this or a little more information on that? Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people have only 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to employers. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and doesn't create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Welcome to the Legal Skinny Podcast. And today we'll be doing the brief, does Uncle Sam require employee voting leave? Ah, voting. Such a rite of passage here as Americans in the United States. Uh, The first opportunity um, when you turn 18 to vote in the presidential election is usually something that um, many people are very excited about. Or you getting your citizenship and having the opportunity to vote in the presidential election. Of course, there's there's many, many elections that you may be voting in. But, um, you know, certainly when the presidential elections roll around every four years, employers do see a lot of questions sometimes come across from the employees about whether or not they're allowed to take time off during work in order for them to be able to vote. And so if you're not familiar with what the voting laws are in the state that you're in, or you may be asking, you know, does the federal government or does Uncle Sam require employee voting leave? And that's kind of what we'll be discussing today, of course, right? So let's get right to the answer of the first part of that question, right? So employee leave laws uh, for voting. The federal government does not require time off, but many states do. In fact, many states have all different types of requirements surrounding voting laws and especially how they want employers to handle it and businesses when they're dealing with employees surrounding the opportunity for them to get to vote. And in fact, most states do have something um, in the lines of what their thoughts are on this. And I will tell you, they're all very different. (laughs) There's some similarities. Some of them have, uh, you know, some are more similar than others. And and some of them are, are very, very different. But let's talk about kind of like an overview of some of the different things that you'll see in voting laws across the United States. First, uh, some of the states require that time off to vote is paid. Now, they may limit that. For instance, they may say, okay, you know, you have to give the employee time off to go vote, uh, but, you know, you're only going to have to pay them for two hours, right? Uh, So, um, you know, the employee may be out voting uh, for a longer period than two hours, but two hours may be the limit as to how much they may get paid. That's just an example, right? Uh, some states entitle employees to use PTO or may require that uh, the employees use their PTO if they want to go vote during work hours. And some in, in states allow the employers to require advance notice of voting or even proof of voting. 
Some states require employers to provide notice of employee rights to take time off to the employees to tell them, hey, you've got notice to vote at a certain time period um, before the election. For instance, like 10 days before the election, they may have to have some notice um, to the employees telling them that they have the right to go take off to vote. And many of the states have laws regarding holding elections by mail, whether it's allowed, it's not allowed, uh, whether it's required by everybody, if it's only limited to small groups, such as individuals by you know, certain age or possibly disability. These are all things that kind of are, make up the sort of framework of the different voting laws across the United States. So what are the issues for employers if they don't follow through and they don't follow these voting laws? There's possibility of different kinds of penalties. So there's civil or criminal penalties in many of the different codified laws across the states. So some of them have, you know, only civil penalties. Some of them have only criminal penalties. Some of them have a combination of both. The civil penalties could be $50, uh, up to $500, $1,000, or uh, there could be criminal penalties. And some of the criminal penalties, um, you know, range from small misdemeanor, minor crimes, uh, as far as how much trouble the employer could get into and rising up to possibly, um, you know, uh, in imprisonment, actually. So um, it is <laughs> significant, I would say, to employers and um, HR professionals to sort of educate themselves on the state that they're in and what specific laws are in that state. And, and certainly before big elections, if they're going to be being asked by employees, you know, having an understanding of if those laws have changed, right? There is also, you know, um, issues with inducing voting decisions with threats or even promotions of employment if you vote a certain way. Uh, you know, some of the states have codified this actually and said, you know, you can't induce uh, voting decisions uh, across the board. Is probably not a good idea, right, <laughs> for you to try to influence the employees to vote one way or another. Uh, some of the states even ha go so far as to say you can't include items with the paychecks that you give the employees to influence the vote. So. Um, if you have a uh, Biden or Trump stickers you were planning to put into, you know, the paycheck steps for the employees, uh, that's, that's probably a no, uh, that you shouldn't go through with that. And considering that's obviously included in many, um, different states as a, a forbidden thing to do during the voting season. Now I'm in the state of Texas. So, uh, let's go for an example of what Texas law has for the voting laws surrounding employees being able to go and vote during the work hours. They have an election code here and an employer must permit absence from work for the purpose of voting. Now the code doesn't state a timing uh, or who designates those hours, whether that's in the employer picking or the employee picking, right? Now, uh, it also doesn't talk about whether notice needs to be specified. So if the employee is required to give a certain amount of notice to the employer. It does state that the employee must be paid, but there's an overall exception here in the state of Texas where if the employee is excluded, if the employee has two consecutive non-working hours while the polls are open. So for instance, employee uh, A gets off of work at five o'clock, the polls close by nine o'clock, that employee would clearly have time. Um, that would be two consecutive non-working hours to go vote. And so in that realm under the Texas code, they're saying that would be an exception. So many states do talk about this two hour, you know, consecutive non-working hours. So, um, you know, 
a few states you talk about three hours or they have different time frames, and a lot of them do stick with this two hours. I'm not really sure who decided it takes two hours to vote, but I'm sure there's um, a lot of reasoning behind that <laughs> at some point. But um, regardless, um, that's how it is here in the state of Texas and some other states have very similar laws to um, recognizing the fact that if there's, you know, the voting polls are open later, then the employee can't go take the time off during work. Now here in the state of Texas, if the employer violates it, it's a class C misdemeanor. But let's talk about employers and, and the thought of a voting policy. Not all employers may have a voting policy. And, you know, if, you know, this is the first election cycle that you're going through um, of the presidential election, you may not have even thought about a voting policy because you may not have gotten these requests from employees for the local elections for them to vote in. So, um, looking at this and and the voting policy and the thoughts um, that you may want to be considering as to how to put that together, the first thing you should do, of course, educate yourself, right, probably um, on what the voting laws are in the state or the local even area, if there's specific voting laws related to um, how votes, voting should be um, occurring within each county or city or state. If you, if you're, if there's differences throughout the state, then that's something you should be aware of too. Or just look at the state election code. Like many of these states do have the election code that sets forth um, that's followed. And that should be what the employer looks to first. Uh, also consider that this could be used as a benefit. Some employers, you know, like, you know, just giving certain number of days for vacation, say, hey, uh, you know, you're going to be allowed to vote um, and get paid time off voting. So, um, that could be used as a benefit. It could be something that you want to consider. You also want to consider using in your policy which employees qualify. It might not make sense for the part-time employees to qualify to go vote if they're only working a half day and they get off at noon, right? Then they would have plenty of time to go vote in the afternoon when they weren't working for you. So, you know, maybe your voting policy only applies to the full-time workers, right? That, you know, don't have as much time during the day to go and um, take the opportunity to vote. Now, you could also discuss in your policy when can employees take time off to vote. So maybe you want them all to be voting, you know, during the lunch hour, or you want to designate 11 to 1. Everyone goes and votes during that time period, but everyone needs to come back by 1 o'clock. Um, you know, that's up to the employers, uh, you know, depending on what the actual policies um that they want to set forth will be, or depending on how the state law has set that forth, if there's any sort of timing on that. Here in the state of Texas, there wouldn't be, as I said before, when I was giving you the example as to the specific timing. So it would really be up to the employer if they wanted to op give an opportunity for voting during the actual work hours, they could maybe specify a time period. But one thing that they would want to also cover with specifying the time period is how long can they leave to vote, right? So are you going to give a half day off? Are you going to give these two hours that everybody talks about in, um, you know, many of the different states um, election codes? Or um, are you going to have it be paid or unpaid? Because that may make a difference in whether the employee is even interested in going and voting. Because if it's unpaid, um, you know, some of them may not want to take that time off. And so you really need to be upfront about that. You don't want to be docking them later and not being um, forthright in the voting policy so that they're familiar with what exactly the policy is on that. And then, you know, how does the employee request leave, right? So um, do you want them 
requesting it by some sort of paper format or, you know, sending an email to a certain person of how that leave is going to be requested. And does the employer require notice from the employee? I'd be careful about that. Make sure you understand whether or not the law requires any type of notice that you're supposed to be giving the employee, as I mentioned before. Um, and, you know, you don't want to impede on the rights of them to vote, right? So, um, you're still going to have to follow whatever the code is. So even if you require that there be some sort of notice, but you know, if they can't go vote because they don't have two consecutive hours, like here in the state of Texas, you know, they're still going to probably likely be able to get to go vote right under that, that codified law. So um, something to think about and probably be careful when you're deciding it. But if, if you're able to require notice um, from the employee under the state that you're under, and that is codified under the law, then that is something that an employer would want to put in the voting policy, right? And then the no retaliation for requesting leave. Um, this may be something you want to include in your voting policy. It's probably not a great idea, right, to retaliate against people asking to go vote. Um, so uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to include it, you know, um, just so that, you know, everyone understands that this isn't something that you're going to um, hold against the employee for them wanting to take the opportunity to vote or to take the opportunity to use whatever um, leave you're providing for in the policy. And then always consider, you know, right, your unions, collective bargaining agreements and other employee contracts, right? Because they may, you may have already given this benefit away in one of those agreements saying, you know, uh, and you might just not realize or remember. So make sure you revisit all of those and be consistent, right? In your application of how you apply your voting policy. Don't treat those employees differently. Um, and I'm not talking about the full-time versus the part-time. I'm talking about, you know, the two employees that are sitting next to each other. You wouldn't want to um, be treating them differently as to how they get to use this voting policy if the voting policy is open up to both of them, right? And that's the legal skinny brief on does Uncle Sam require employee voting leave? Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Legal Skinny Podcast. Do not forget to subscribe to get future podcast episodes. Also check out LegalSkinny.com to join our newsletter and get details on all the educational resources we offer the employer. Also, disclaimer, remember Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember, this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.